0: Hey, we do want to welcome those of you that are watching online. Perhaps you're listening on our podcasts. Uh, I don't know what day of the week it is, but we do want to welcome you. Hope Kevin, would you put your hands together? Welcome our online viewers and listeners. Uh, listen, our viewers and listeners are those that are that are those numbers are actually increasing a lot. And so I want to celebrate our reach is beyond the four walls of this room, but we are reaching actually internationally, which is pretty cool. And so I want to thank God for that. And uh, listen, I want to encourage you guys. If you're listening on our podcast or you're watching online, stop on by if you're ever in the Charlotte area. We'll make you feel right at home, won't we hope, Covenant Church? Let's bow our heads in prayer. I want to welcome the Lord this morning. I believe that this is going to be a fun message. I believe this is going to be an inspiring message. I believe this is going to be a dose of vitamin B12 energy in your spirit this morning that when you leave here, you would be changed and, and, uh, and, uh, and encouraged. I believe that uh, many of you need an encouraging word this morning, and so I've got that for you and want to encourage you with that. Uh, so Father, we just welcome your presence. We welcome your spirit. We thank you, Lord, that you're here. And, Father, we direct our attention right now to you, and we, we focus in on you in Jesus' name. And we thank you for your presence in the name of Jesus, Father. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that you would speak to us, that you would convict us this morning, Lord, that we would activate this. This is not just another message, but a divine opportunity to be changed and encouraged and prosper in your word. In Jesus' name, if you believe that, we just shout amen. Now, I want to encourage you to do this this morning. If you're here and you've been experiencing some uh, just some life pressure or some discouragement or some challenges, I want you to get over it this morning as much as you can. Push it aside and enter into the presence of the Lord and allow the Lord to really get your attention. Because I believe this message, if we would really implement these principles, that it would help our priorities. And that's the name of this message as Priorities. And all of our lives look different in this room. We all have different cycles of life, different things that we do, different things that we're called to, different jobs. And, and we all have different demands and unique areas of focus. Uh, so I'm, I can't really give you like an order of how to order your priorities because all of our lives look different. But I can encourage you with some spiritual principles that if you would implement these spiritual principles, I believe it would really help your life. And I believe it would help your priorities. And so today, I'm not going to discuss from an organizational standpoint priorities, but rather from a spiritual standpoint. Today, I want to give you some principles that if you would put these principles into the foundation of your life, I believe that they'll, they'll help guide your priorities. My prayer is that if you would implement these, that you won't struggle with priorities, and these are spiritual principles for your marriage, spiritual principles for your, your parenting, for your family, for your business, so, and so on. Really, just if the shoe fits in this area, wear it, if it's so to say. But I believe these principles will be key in, in navigating the good and the tough times that we often walk through in life. Because how many of you know you can pencil everything and chart everything in January and by February it doesn't look anything like what you already prioritized and put goals. Anybody ever made goals in January and you hit February and go, nope. Yeah. <laughs> I mean diet goals and all that sort of thing. I'm, you know, whatever. We all make those, those goals and then we hit February like, okay, life looks nothing like what I just charted out. And that happens. But Jesus said this in Matthew 11. I'm going to read uh, verses 28 to 30. It says, are you tired, worn out, burn out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I want to say this, that some of you are, you're lacking sleep. Probably some of you came in here this morning lacking sleep. If you're like me, you got like 30 minutes last night. You might be anxious, and you're all over the place in so many directions, and if that's you, I want to encourage you. This message is for you. If you're listening online, this message is for you, and today I want you to recover your life. That's my prayer. Don't just hear a three-point message this morning, but literally leave that you could be recovered and experience the refreshing of God if you're dealing with all of those things where you feel like things are out of control. And I love this next part of the verse. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me and watch how I do it. This is Jesus speaking. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I love that because, believe it or not, Tim, I actually am a drummer. And I love that. The unforced rhythms of grace. Y'all are like, really? I want to see him drum, whatever. Maybe you don't want to see me drum. It's been a while. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Aren't you grateful for that? That's from the Lord. I won't lay anything heavy. So, in other words, that doesn't come from God. But keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And you'll notice this thread again. I pointed out every service, this thread of all of the messages here at Hope Covenant, that when you pull close to Jesus, remember the verse we are just reading your yoke is easy and, and your burden is light. So spend time with Jesus and you will experience these burdens lifted. I've had somebody ask me this week, I just, I'm struggling with my flesh. I'm struggling with my flesh. I'm struggling with, my, how do I get over it? Will you get in the spirit? When you pull close to Holy Spirit, it helps you omit your flesh. It's, a, it's an easy principle to talk about. It's a little bit difficult to overcome it and actually live this when you actually apply it. It can be difficult. This is saying that you don't have to live life in the grind, but rather you can do it God's way in the rhythm of grace. So if some of you feel like you're just grinding every single day, you might not be in the rhythm of God's grace and need to ask the Lord for his grace. you know it's that simple? You just go, Lord, I need your grace. You go, well, I've been trying that. I don't know about that being that simple. No, it's that simple. Pull close to Holy Spirit. And I'm going to talk about some things that, again, these principles, if you would implement, I believe you'll see the stress lift in your life. Are you living your pace through God's grace? That's my question for you today. Are you living your pace through God's grace? And we're going to talk about what that means. In Galatians, it says that we can get in step with his spirit. And perhaps some of you today, you're just out of step with his spirit. And and that's where God's grace is in this, in this moment of what seems like insanity and constant busyness. Are you resting in his grace? You may ask yourself, where is God's grace found from my day to day? And again, God's grace is found in God's rhythm for your life. His grace is found in his rhythm. How do I find this rhythm? We're going to go there. But Jesus just want to point this out because we have a generation that constantly we're talking about how stressed out we are. And, you know, we talk about anxiety. We use words like triggered and all these words that honestly, my grandfather's generation didn't use those. But let's look at Jesus because Jesus didn't use them either. Jesus was, let's just be honest. He was a little bit busier than we are. He had a plan to save the world on his to-do list. You know what's amazing about Jesus' to-do list? Save the world. He had done it at 33 years old. Think about that. That's a pretty massive to-do list, save the world, and he did it at 33 years old, and it never says anywhere in Scripture that he was stressed or had anxiety or was burned out. No, that was a rhythm of grace. And I see a lot of Christians today that I hear this probably multiple times every day that they're stressed out, that we're stressed out, we're stressed out. We're stressed. Jesus was not stressed out. He was deliberate and he was very intentional. And I want to read about that and talk about, be probably going, okay, I hear this, but I, I, now I need the practical. I'm going to give you the practical this morning. Jesus was busy, but he was constantly focused on God, your kingdom first in all things. If you're taking notes today, I want you to write down at the top, is God's kingdom first in my rhythm? Is God's kingdom first in my rhythm? He wasn't sidelined. Jesus wasn't distracted with his purpose or his call for being here on earth. In fact, Jesus said in John 6, 38, for I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but to do the will of him who sent me. See, when you're in the will of God doing the things that God destined for you, that's where you're walking in the rhythm of his grace. So some of you probably need to take your daily activity list of what's stressing you out and say, is this what God wants right now? Yeah, that's good, yeah. And maybe you need to get into his spirit and ask, Lord, do I need to cut this out? Is this, it, what, what do I need to reorder and repurpose that the insanity goes and I gain sanity? Now, because God doesn't want you to live in chaos. He's a God of order. That's right. In other words, in that verse, what he's saying for, I've come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but to do the will of him who sent me. In other words, I'm not here for my agenda, but the agenda of God the Father, and that's it. Guys, mic drop. You guys can all go home and just grab lunch now. That's it. That's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the key right there. But if you remember, you know, Jesus' priorities, they're, he, they're not chosen by the crowd or the critics or his friends. No, Jesus' priorities are dictated by the will of the Father. If you remember the story of Mary and Martha reaching out to Jesus, they wanted him to show up when Lazarus was sick. If you remember that story in the Bible, Lazarus was dealing with sickness and they reached out Mary and Martha to Jesus. We need, I need you. He's sick. And Jesus said, thanks for the update on, on Lazarus, but your demand doesn't change my priority. He didn't actually say those words, but that's what he demonstrated. Right. And then Lazarus dies and Jesus shows up two days later when he's in the tomb and he raises him up from the dead, if you remember that story, how many of you know that if Jesus had responded to their demand, the miracle would not have been as great? That's right. Yeah, that's right. Some of you are responding to the demands, and you could be shortcutting a miracle. Wow. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that again. Some of you are responding to the demands where you could be shortcutting a miracle. Some of you, your checkbook is dictating your demands. I need more money. I need more money. I need more money. I need more. No, you know, you need more Jesus more than you do the dollar. The dollar will follow if you will pull close to Jesus. Because how many of you know prosperity follows Jesus? People have asked me, you believe in the prosperity gospel? Absolutely. I believe that when you walk with Holy Spirit and walk in the will of the Father, that you will prosper. And it's more than just money it's the principles. But Jesus modeled a life that was not stressed out or pulled by the pressures or by the demands of the world. Jesus had a bigger picture priority that was linked and rooted in an even greater purpose. And some of you need to rise up higher and look at the big picture and start to change and repurpose some things that are stressing you out and raising your anxiety. And this is my prayer for each of you today. That you would live like Jesus in the rhythm of God's grace, only found in Holy Spirit-inspired direction. Some of you are navigating and charting your course. And you need to get in touch with Holy Spirit and say, I need you to talk to me. Remember, we talked about last week. By the way, if you weren't here last week, listen to the podcast. It was amazing. Talking about Holy Spirit that's here for correction and direction. Those two things. And we link correction to a bad word. No, he corrects us and gets us on course. Some of you, it's, it's not necessarily sin. You just need a course adjustment. That's the correction you need. And Holy Spirit gives that. So I would ask the Holy Spirit when you leave here, if you're anxious and you're stressed out, what do I need to correct to make it that my direction is on target? I'm preaching better than you're amening, but that's all right. This is my prayer for each of you. That you would live like Jesus in the rhythm of God's grace only found by Holy Spirit. So I want to give you three principles that will help us live a God-centered and God-purposed life. And number one, and I want to encourage you to take notes on this church because I believe this is an epiphany that will really change the trajectory of your week and, and really the rest of your life. Number one is we need to choose mission over position. We live in a world where everyone is chasing after a title or a position or, or, you know, even, even in a company or in a ministry, we just want more and want more and want more and want more and want more. When we live with position as a priority, mission will become a casualty. You can easily end up chasing the wrong thing when your position is a priority over the mission. We need to prioritize function and impact over titles. In Exodus 17, we read a story of a battle that's happening. And God says, basically, I need my people to take their place so that the victory can be secured. I remember reading this verse early on in ministry, and it has a very different meaning now than it did in my my younger years of ministry. I'm just giving my life as an example because it's all I have to give. And I hope this reaches you this morning. But in Exodus 17, verse 9 to 13, and I'll explain this. Moses said to Joshua, choose some men to go out and fight the army of Amalek for us. Tomorrow, I will stand at the top of the hill, holding the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur climbed up to the top of a nearby hill. As long as Moses held up his staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hands, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Moses' arms soon became so tired that he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. And they stood on each side of Moses holding up his hands. So his hands held steady until sunset. And as a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of the Amalek in battle, of Amalek in battle. And I remember reading this early on in ministry and asking God, "Okay, so what? How do I apply this personally?" And I remember saying, "Okay, God, I'm a Joshua. I'm gonna fight the enemy and and I'm gonna win." And the Lord was like, "No, that's not it. That's not where I have you right now." And then I remember saying, "Okay, so I'm a Moses. I'm a deliverer. <laughs> this is that's that's the next step." And the Lord was like, "No, that's not it. Seriously, I, this happened to me when I was younger in ministry. I was working for my dad." And I was in a support role, and the only one left on that list is Aaron and her. I was like, okay. He's like, that's you right now. I said, okay, I'm an armpit holder. That's, the, that's what you've called me to right now. I'm an armpit holder. Think about it. Their hands are all up, and there was no deodorant back then. So it's like, okay, that's an awesome position that I'm in right now. Like, whew, Jesus. And I felt like an armpit holder. I did. I was watching staff that got credit for things when I was doing them. I worked for Liz's brother at the time, who's actually gone to be with Jesus so I could talk about him all I want, and he can't say anything about it. Love Brad. (laughs) But I'll tell you what, I was in this position where I was, I was in the grind and I was doing it and I was doing it and I got discouraged when I looked at it in the natural and the Lord said, no, 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 I'm calling you to some things that if you rush through this moment, you're going to miss the equipping for the big purpose mission. Some of you need to slow down and stop trying to rush through now because it looks stressful and get into the presence of God so it no longer is stressful so you can get everything you need because this moment is anointed now for now. I don't know if that's profound. No, it really is. It really is because we spend life trying to get to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and the next thing, and before we know it, we're going to look up and we're going to miss life if we're not careful. Perhaps God has you in a moment where you're serving and you're doing some deep works in this moment. God is doing some deep works in this moment in you. If This is where God has you. That's where the grace is found for this moment. You don't want to step out of that moment. You want to stay in God's timing. If you would stop worrying about your position and get focused on the mission, you'll start enjoying life and learning what God wants for you in this moment. Guys, can I encourage you with something? Enjoy life right now. Some of you need to look at where God took you from and thank God for right now. Lord, I I look at where you took me from, and I thank you for right now what you've done in my life. Sometimes it's good to go back and take a look at what God's done in the past, because if he is faithful then, he'll be faithful now. Make it a priority to seize the moment of what God is doing in and through you and stop trying to rush through it. I want to encourage you to ask God to show you the mission in this moment. God, what is your mission for me in this moment? What is your mission for me today? When you rest in the moment that is ordained for you for right now, you will shift from a moment of grind to a moment of grace. Can I read that again? When you rest in the moment that is ordained for you right now, you will shift from a moment of grind to a moment of grace. We need to ask God, what is the mission? What is your assignment for my life right now in this season? That I need to set my priorities straight and be faithful in this moment right now because you're going to use it to establish some great things in me for what I need for the future. God knows what he's doing. Everybody look at your neighbor, say, God knows what he's doing. We need to ask Holy Spirit, what is my assignment that I need to focus on and be faithful? Jesus said in Matthew 6 verse 33, "But seek first, not second, not third, seek first His kingdom and His righteousness." In other words, the mission, and all these things, the titles, the promotions, the accolades, will be given to you as well. Mm-hmm. But seek first the kingdom of God. I love this, David who had authority. In the most influential of titles and importance, he said this in Psalms 84, verse 10. Man, I wept when I read this verse. Better is one day in your course than a thousand elsewhere. But check this out. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. In other words, I'd rather hold the door for the Lord than sit in the prestige of a wicked man. That's a huge verse right there. That's a huge verse right there. We need folks that are more willing to be a doorkeeper who are concerned with the mission than position. That's good. We need more doorkeepers. <laughs> I, th- there was the old saying, we need, we need less chiefs and more Indians. Probably politically incorrect, I'm sure. I don't care. That's why I said it. If you remember, though, this awkward conversation that his mom had in in the Bible with Jesus, do you remember the mom who was jockeying for her two sons to have special seats and positions with Jesus? And Jesus says this in Matthew 20, verses 26 to 28. Again, red letter words of Jesus. He said, whoever wants to become great must become a servant. Whoever wants to be first must be a slave. Just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve. That's talking about Jesus. He's talking about himself there. And to give his life as ransom for many. Jesus didn't come to be served. He came to serve. Jesus wasn't a, where's my latte, God, Jesus. He wasn't a, where's my latte, man. No, he was Jesus. He came to serve. He washed feet. Jesus was on a mission and that was his priority. He he ministered to the lowliest. That's what Jesus did. That's right. I love that about him. Number two is choose motivation over expectation. And this one's gonna ring true with many of us. It did with me. So many of our priorities are based on our expectations. I want to ask you, what's your expectation? It's good to dream, it's good to dream but I want to encourage you that the most dangerous statement I've ever heard is just, just follow your heart. Yeah. Why would you follow the very thing that says is wicked? Yeah. The Bible says is wicked, desperately wicked. Yes. Why would you follow your heart? No, follow Holy spirit. that's, right. yeah. yes. that's right. Good. Let me give you an example of this choosing motivation over expectation. If you fulfill this for me, you go higher on my priority list. If I bless you and you bless me back, you go higher on my priority list. If you benefit me, then I'll benefit, for, I'll benefit you. How many of us, we do that? We use each other. I see Christians doing it all the time. I see pastors doing it all the time. I'll make you a priority if an expectation is met for me. All of this is our priorities being transactional when a servant makes priorities sacrificial. I'm going to read that again. All of this that I just read is priorities being transactional when a servant makes priorities sacrificial. I'm here to serve. What can I do for you? Ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Remember that? Jesus didn't live any part of his ministry based on expectations. Jesus didn't heal folks for the thank you or the accolades. Could you imagine if salvation was based on expectation? Could you imagine if grace and mercy was based on performance? Thank God it's not. I'd be host. (laughs) Thank God for his grace and his mercy that was based on motivation. Jesus had that motivation, not expectation. If I prepared messages that I deliver based on expectations of a certain response, listen, I'd quit on on most Sundays. I got to be honest with you. And how many of you want to quit right now instead of being faithful to your assignment because your expectation is higher than your motivation? You need to reverse that for perseverance sake. When the Pharisees tried testing Jesus with a hard question of expectation, Jesus pointed to motivation. Watch this right here. In Matthew 22, verses 36 to 38, the Pharisees asked Jesus, teacher, which command in God's law is most important? And Jesus said, love the Lord, your God with all your passion and prayer and intelligence. This is the most important, the first on any list, but there is a second to set alongside it. And here's where he points to motivation. He says, let's look at love others as well as your, as, as well as you love yourself. Jesus, they, they put the expectation and he points to motivation. You see that? Then in Luke 6, verses 31 to 32, if you only love the lovable, do you expect a pat on the back? Run-of-the-mill sinners do that. If you only help those who help you, do you expect a medal? <laughs> oh, I love the Bible. And thank you, God, that motivation of Jesus. That the motivation of Jesus was love and not expectation of my character or my behavior. It's so freeing. And then the third one, and I believe this is one that we all need to hold on to, this story gripped me to, again to a point of tears when I was sitting in the back preparing this message. And I really hope this grabs some of you that have the pressure of life on you, the pressure to constantly achieve. I pray that this really reaches you as we close today. And that's choose legacy over temporary. You know, I I like some of the modern Ikea furniture, but can we just be honest with you? Um, When you buy that Ikea furniture that's cheap and inexpensive, you're not doing it to hand it down to generations. Can We just go ahead. Can I get a witness on that? Like, that's not why you buy Ikea furniture, like falling apart next month. Are you living life for the pleasure of now, or are you prioritizing kingdom first future? check this out in Hebrews 11, verse 13 to 16. Each one of these people of faith died, not having yet in hand what was promised, but still believing. In other words, they they, they were believing for this. They were stretching their faith. How did they do it? They saw it way off in the distance, waving their greeting and accepted the fact that they were transients in this world. Guys, we're transients in this world. We're just passing through. People who live this way make it plain that they are looking for their true home. If they were homesick for their old country, they could have gone back anytime they wanted. But they were far better country than that. Heaven country. You can see why God is so proud of them and has a city waiting for them. I love that. That's, that's looking at legacy that guys, we're, we're not living for this world, but we're living for a greater kingdom. And that'll really lighten your load when you think about that. But I love David. And I just want to end with this shifting and focusing on David. And I'm going to wrap up, but this is short, but I really am praying that God will do a work in your heart as I say these last words, which is really the home run hit. I believe that David was as happy on the hillside as he was in the throne room smelling like sheep. David did not care. He did not care. David was, he was mission-minded. David chose mission over position. David served God on a hill with sheep. I'll take lunch to my brothers, if you remember that, or I'll be a leader to leaders. God, whatever you want to do in me, I'm willing to do it. Let me give you Pastor Adam's current testimony of that. I'll vacuum the church on Saturday night and pray over every chair and anoint them with oil. And I I pat the back so it doesn't get on your clothes. I come here on Saturday night and they do that. And then I preach on Sunday. And when I get discouraged, I look at the life of David, how he was as happy on the hillside as he was in the throne room. And I go, if you want to have a heart or a spirit of David, you need to follow his example and do exactly that. So as I'm vacuuming these chairs and robo-shotoing and asking Holy Spirit to come, I just go, Lord, I thank you. I want to be as happy on the hillside as I am in the throne room. And I'm thanking you, God, that you're establishing and doing a deep work right now, that there's a great hope and a great future. Lord, I thank you that my encouragement and my joy comes from you as I'm vacuuming this church. Lord, I thank you for the right now. I Thank you for the deep work that you're establishing in me. I thank you that you're doing things right now. Yeah. And some of you are in the beginning of your business or you're in the beginning of things that you're establishing. Don't rush through right now, but cherish the moment because what God is doing now is important for the future. Yeah. And start thanking God as you're vacuuming the pews. I'm just giving that as an example. When you serve God with mission as a priority on the hillside, God can promote you to the throne room. There's a verse for that. Be faithful in the little and I'll give you great. But here's where the last, I want to close with this. David wanted to build a temple to God, if you remember, and he had all the plans drawn up. David had a dream that was his priority. And this, this really gripped my attention. I want you to pause and really focus on this. David knew he had to erect this temple, and so he drew up plans, and he had this lifelong dream of, I'm going to build a temple. David could have decided, I'm going to tap out on this thing, but he remained faithful. He kept drawing, and then he's ready to start building, and God says, nope, that's not your assignment. And David could have decided that his expectation wasn't met, and he was going to throw in the towel, but David was missional. And he saw the legacy over the temporary. And he handed the plans to Solomon. And if you remember, Solomon had so much, including these plans, that all he could do is say, God, uh, I'll take wisdom. I wonder how many of you are here this morning. You're erecting the temple. You're building. You're, you're, You're putting all these plans together for building. You're wondering, God, are you going to release me? When are you going to do this? Lord, when are you going to grow my church? When are these seats going to be filled? God, when are you going to use me for great things? Can I tell you, God doesn't want to use you. He wants relationship with you. He's not a user. Users are losers. So don't do drugs. you have a God who wants, he's so much, he's so concerned about the deep work that he's doing in you. He's not in a rush. Some of you are asking God, Lord, when are you going to do this? I sat in Charlotte for four years and worked at two different churches. I was like, God, this is it. This is it. This is it. Resigned the first church, resigned the second church before the Lord released me to plant Hope Covenant Church. But the work that God did in those three years, if I had skipped through those three years, I would have missed a moment of what God wanted to establish in my heart. I wonder how many of you are so frustrated sitting, God, I just want to get through this moment. Instead of God, I embrace this moment. I know, Lord, that you're establishing something. Listen, I'm preaching this with passion this morning. Because some of you are frustrated, and some of you are irritated, some of you are ornery, some of you are looking at the next thing all the time, and God wants you to take it and nail it to the cross and say, Lord, I just want your will, your kingdom, your mission, you do what you want to do. Because guess what? Only God can do it anyway. Can I tell you something? That when you're resting God's plan, it's so much bigger. It's so much bigger than anything you could have dreamed. And I want to speak to somebody who's here this morning who's saying, but what if I fail? When you are in the will of God, there is no failing. Some of you need to go ahead and dust that lie off of your shoulders and get off the feeling of failure and understand that if first you don't succeed. Try, try again, and maybe that's a part of the testimony of what God's building in you. I'm preaching to every person here this morning. Well, who does this apply to? Uh, me. Me. Some of you need to start encouraging yourself in the Lord and get your confession straight. Stop whining and start celebrating, God, I don't see what you're doing, but I trust you. Because can I tell you when you whine in the seasons of what God's doing in small times, it only prolongs it like the Israelites who wandered the wilderness complaining and complaining. Some of you just need to thank God no matter what the optics. And I'm done preaching with every head bowed. Father, we've got some optics this morning. We've got some things that we see. And it looks like a mountain, but, God, you're in the mountain-moving, miracle-working business. And we thank you this morning that you're moving the mountains, moving the mountains in our families, in our marriages, in our raising our kids, in our careers, in our jobs, in our businesses. You're a mountain mover, you're a way maker, a miracle worker. That's just who you are. And I release an anointing on every person that's discouraged this morning. We speak to our spirits. Some of you need to say this out loud, and church, I want to encourage you to shout this out loud. Say, Spirit, Spirit, I'm calling you straight. I'm calling down Holy Spirit Spirit. for the purpose of correction and direction. Speak to me in Jesus' name, Father. Now, I just want you to lift your hands right now, if you would. Some of you might go, I'm uncomfortable with this. I don't care. Just do it. And just say, Lord, I just surrender every weight. And I thank you for the oil of joy. I speak to my marriage. I speak to my family. I speak to my career. Let's just stand to our feet all across this room. Here's what I want to do. If you came here this morning, listen, this is a business day. If you came this morning, and you're discouraged, and you feel oppressed or depressed, I just want you to lift your hands and just declare the presence of the Lord over your life, Holy Spirit. I thank you, God, for your presence and your spirit, Lord, that you're changing everything. The Lord's turning it around this is a word for somebody he's turning it around as you surrender the more you surrender is the more he'll do in his presence just a moment in your presence God changes everything now I lift every weight that's been on every person here this morning and I break it in the name of Jesus we thank you God we thank you Holy Spirit for speaking to us And Lord, we repent for not connecting with you. We ask you to wash us of that. And we cling on to you. We pull close to the Holy Spirit. Here's what I want you to do. Liz, come up here real quick. I want every person that's married and those that aren't married, grab some single person's hand, whatever. Single, ready to mingle, do whatever you need to do. And Father, I thank you for every marriage and every person that's in here, every single person, everybody. Kieran, I want you to come out of the booth and grab Laurel's hand. I feel like y'all are supposed to do this too. We'll survive. Pro presenter will live. Now, I want you to grab your spouse, grab the person next to you, Sean, Brennan, I know that's a little weird, but just do it. And I want you to pray over the person next to you and just say over them, just say, I break every bit of heaviness and I declare the joy of the Lord over your life in the mighty name of Jesus. Guys, would you just say amen if you believe that and you agree with that? How many of you needed this this morning? I know I did. I know I did. Yeah, come on. Give God a shout of praise. He's good. Guys, you're dismissed. I love y'all. Thank you for coming this morning. We'll see you next week. Thank you, those of you that are watching online. We'll see you next week, 1030 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it and share it on social media or jump onto our website, hopecovenant.cc, and click on our giving link and help us continue to share the message of Jesus across the world. God bless you and have an awesome week.